0: Welcome to Craft Beer Radio with your hosts Jeff Bearer and Greg Weiss. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, episode three twenty one, recorded on Thursday, February nineteenth at ten nineteen p.m. in twenty fifteen.
1: How'd you like our new audio drop there?
0: Yeah, I'm not going to use it. <laughs> not going to use it. <laughs> no, I think it's. <laughs> I think it's dumb. But uh, it, was, it was good to use it once. Three, two, one. Contact. One of my favorite shows. Now as a kid, you know, science show before they had like good science shows. I mean, it was good science mm-hmm. show, but it was in seventies, eighties science show. So I was, never
1: like, really watched it. I'm not familiar with it.
0: And they had uh, Mathnet after, or Math. Mathnet was part of was part of three, two, one. Contact Or was it? No, it was part of Square One TV. Okay. It's, yeah, and Mathnet was the. It was a Dragnet parody where they used calculators as guns. and It was, it was <laughs> actually really clever.
1: Actually, I think I remember a little bit of that. Uh, that guy you heard in the intro, that was Eric Holloway. I paid him five bucks on Fiverr.com to do 50 words of audio drop. Uh, you get what you get on those. Yeah. And I told him to use a big BC, bassy announcer voice, and I think he went a little
0: overboard. Probably on this episode we are drinking barley wines because it is very very cold outside. The wind chill is negative seventeen. We're hitting some polar vortex type stuff now, and uh, yeah, I just felt like a barley wine type. Yeah, it, it's
1: not even counting wind chill. It's minus four outside right yeah. now.
0: So we started with
1: minus. That's minus. Yeah, minus twenty Celsius. <laughs> And we started with the one that's not really a barley wine. We started right. with the winter warmer right. from Boulevard. That's the Nutcracker Ale.
0: What's your favorite uh, temperature? Probably negative 40, right? Because at that point, doesn't matter what scale you use. You don't have to use a scale, yeah.
1: I like negative 40 Kelvin. That's my favorite.
0: That's very... That's very cold. Very cold.
1: So cold that it's wrapped around to very yes. hot.
0: <laughs> Alright. Nutcracker is a winter, they call it a winter specialty beer on their website, a winter warmer on their uh, on, on their bottle. 38 IBUs, 7.8% alcohol by volume.
1: Oh, the thing expired four days ago.
0: Oh, no. It was best by the 15th. So, let's see. They, okay, here are the ingredients. Pale malt, amber 50, cara 300, munich malted wheat. Adjuncts, brown sugar, dark brown sugar, and molasses. Hops, Magnum, Cascade, Chinook, and they dry hopped with Chinook. So, so Chinook, generally piney. Cascade, orange grapefruit right. in that area. Magnum, I'm, a little, I'm not quite uh, di- dialed in totally on what Magnum is.
1: Magnum, it's a big high alpha hop, not something you generally use flavor forward, right? It's kind of a bittering hop. Right. It's been around for a long time. Oh, uh, this is a beer that Dave dropped off when he was visiting us over Christmas, and I he gave us a couple of these, so I have had one of these in the last couple months, and that one smelled like had more hop aroma to it. It seems like the hop might have faded quite a bit in two months.
0: These are very, very cold. We just oh, took these you know, out of the fridge. that could be it too, right. Uh, so, 10%. I mean, they're... and The fridge is not super cold, but the fridge is still like 50-something, I mean, I'm right? 51 right now. Yeah. So we generally like to have these things yeah. at least 10 degrees higher usually.
1: Regular listeners know we're weirdos when it comes to the temps and We drink them much warmer than anyone else recommends. Yeah.
0: As far as I'm concerned, it's the only way to drink them. If you, if you want to really get into the flavor. If you're yeah. just looking to enjoy the beer, the temperature you want is fine. If you really want to analyze the flavor, it does need to be higher than the recommended yeah. temperature.
1: Yeah, There's almost a a preferred... Drinking temperature and preferred analysis temperature. Yeah.
0: So right now we're making our hands very cold by hopefully, hopefully putting the warmth of our bodies into the beer. Yeah, so that's the idea.
1: <clears throat> the beer is a uh, cloudy amber, poured with a little head that is mostly fallen down, still has a little wisp across the top.
0: Would you like to know what it is on the EBC color scale? Please. Sixty-one point eight. 61.8 is EBC does that go to 100? I don't know what
1: the EBC is.
0: I don't know either. Cuz SRM goes to what like 40 or 50?
1: You've always, you know, had more uh, paid more attention to the color scales than I have. I'm not sure.
0: It it feels it, it feels funny because we were just talking about Fahrenheit and Celsius and here there are two different scales for color. Right. Probably
1: measured different ways though, right? They're probably not just like a Pantone swatch. They probably measured with a different kind of lumosity and all this other stuff. (laughs) Pull out your light meter. Yeah, so the aroma on this one, I remember this one having a distinct hop flavor and aroma the last time I had it. I'm not getting the distinct hop aroma right now. I am getting a more malty beer. I'm getting some things that are reminiscent of brown sugar. I think you said they did use brown sugar in this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not straight up, but you kind of get some of that molassesy notes here and there. I mean,
0: look at the look at the adjuncts: brown sugar, which is sugar with molasses in it; dark brown sugar, which is brown sugar with more molasses in it; and molasses. Oh, okay. So I mean, it's like let well, me explain why I'm smelling some molassesy yeah, They're just really they're just throwing, they're going for three different shades of molasses.
1: It still carries. Greg's still warming up, and I'm into the drinking already. It does. It does still carry a little bit of hop flavor, but it is mostly faded since the last time I had one of these. Yeah,
0: fifty-seven. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know if you ask me. Um, the the first thing that comes to me is a kind of piney note. Yeah. Okay. With piney, a little bit of orange zest too. It's not overwhelming, but but then the sweetness comes. But really, the, I I kind of skipped over that as I was talking about the pineyness, and it went into the bitterness. The bitterness mm. comes in and uh, is there. So I need to do another sip to figure out that part I missed. The
1: bitterness is growing. In that last sip I took, I took the time to kind of swish it around my tongue a little bit more, try to get more flavor, and yeah, it was all hoppy bitterness. That is what got, came out of the beer. I lost a lot of that sweet molassesy, and it does have a lot more hop forward now that I did that to it.
0: It's <clears throat> it kind of tastes like uh, um, a bit of a maple pine cone. Okay yeah there's a there's a little bit
1: uh, there's a maple's an interesting call I wasn't thinking maple, but now that you said that all I'm thinking of is those those pressed maple candies you know that are like maple I, sugar right? Yeah. I'm thinking of those mixed in with uh, you know, some kind of uh cake you know like a a muffin type cake right I even think
0: and, like a spicy maybe if you would think of like a spicy banana bread, but then mm-hmm. hold the bananas. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. Banana bread with, you know, some of that maple candy. And then it, it goes in you know, your pine cone part comes where the bitterness comes mm-hmm. through. And you can find a little bit of citrus orange in the flavor if you really look for it. That was a lot more prominent back in December when I had the other mm-hmm. one of these.
0: It's a component. It is there. It is not showing itself as much now. Mm-hmm. like you said it's four days overdue right so <laughs> if we had it four days ago it would have been there but it, like on schedule boom
1: i saw on twitter today. boulevard saw,
0: nutcracker ale by the way I
1: saw on twitter today someone was all excited about the math geekiness of the new enjoy by which is enjoy by 3 14 15 which is the first five digits of pi, right? Too bad it will be expired. Expired by 92453.
0: Right. <laughs> I think those are the next
1: several digits, but 3.1415926453. 1, 1, it'll be expired by its, you know, <laughs> I made a joke on Twitter. If you fly to UTC minus or plus 2, then you could have it while it's still fresh and extra nerdy because It'll be during the Pi second and not out of code on the Pacific West
0: Coast. You're really delving deep into yes. the yeah, into the, to the, okay. to the. Twitter joke. Yeah. yeah, it's okay, though. Yeah, 3.1415. That is, yeah, the, the first thought is, ugh. But then the second thought is, actually, that's kind of cool. It's a pretty cool Pi day yeah.
1: compared to last year's Pi day.
0: Now, there must be a Pi Day, you know, Friday parody. There has to be. There has to be like 10 of them, right? You would think so. Yeah. What about tau? What do you think of tau?
1: Tau. Are we really getting too off base here? I don't even know what you mean by tau.
0: Tau is, is uh, pi times 2. Oh. And since it uses radians instead of circumference over diameter, mm-hmm. it's more useful in learning. Okay. Because right. it used pi... You Use pi types 2 all the time.
1: Okay, if I had learned pow, two pi, two pi all the time. If I had learned that in trigonometry, I've long since forgot
0: it. Mm. It's a recent thing. People are trying. Some people are trying to promote it as a better way to teach circles. <laughs> eh. right. All right, so
1: let's see. I think everything else is official barley wine, right? I believe so.
0: This one.
1: Yes let's do this one. This one looks like fun
0: okay urban chestnut this is we've been doing a lot of urban chestnuts uh they're I forget what the, what it's called they don't actually have it here They have the reverence reverence right and so this is not part of either
1: no then they have they have the reverence they have the is the other one revolution or it's 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 classic German beers is right. reverence then they have the American ones which are something else. Revolution
0: Reverend. Yes, you're right.
1: And then, yeah, this is just one of their barrel-aged ones. This is Daft. This is a barley wine aged in rye whiskey barrels. Hmm. It was... uh, Rye whiskey, which is right up your alley. That's for sure. It was barreled in January of 2012, and it was bottled in August of
0: 2012. 11.5% alcohol by volume, 17 IBUs, for those who care about the uh, other minutiae, original gravity of 24.0 degrees Play-Doh. The hops. We used our first gold and East Kent Goldings. First gold. Hmm. Not too familiar with that one. Yeah. No. Malts, pale ale, Munich, and caramel. Color is a deep, woody brown that you can't really yeah, see. It's,
1: it's, it's a light cola. Just a little bit lighter than your typical Coca-Cola color. Pretty Cloudy.
0: I don't know if it, it's interesting you say because it feels deeper to me. It feels like it's sucking me in more. I don't know. Maybe it's just my perspective on it.
1: The aroma's Ooh. not bashful. The aroma is barrel.
0: Yeah, well, the first I, I immediately got a little bit of that barley wine sweetness and then a whiskey hit right on top of that.
1: It smells really good. <laughs> So let's see if I can put some words to the really good.
0: There's a lot of whiskey in here. Yeah, so
1: if you smell it, you start off probably, like Greg said, barley wine. You're getting some barley sweetness aroma. But it goes really quickly into a vanilla-y whiskey-type aroma.
0: Smells a little hot. has a lot of that vaporization... That you get from, you know, if you had a shot of whiskey in front of you.
1: Right. I'm not smelling anything. You don't know, mean hot like fusel, but I mean,
0: yeah. it, it, you can yeah. really smell the alcohol coming I'm off not smelling
1: it. anything that's like signature to rye. But I am smelling, the barrel is just all over this. It's really well implemented
0: in the aroma. Hmm. Yeah, I imagine uh, you take a whiskey lover, they're going to... You mm-hmm. gotta get Lou in here, right? <laughs> He'd like the smell of this.
1: On the flavor, it's not boozy. It doesn't feel like, the, like there was a ton of whiskey in the barrel that you're drinking. Like whiskey in your beer it carries a good barley wine flavor. It does finish a little, a little bit dry and tannic towards the end from like the wood character. You gotta take another sip.
0: It definitely tastes. It doesn't taste like a straight barley wine. It does I can taste the whiskey aspect of mm-hmm. it and it's it's more than just me being uh sensitive to it. I mean it, it's definitely there. It it's a pretty large component of this. I wouldn't say it tastes, you know, like an ordinary barley wine. It has that aspect to it very clearly. It is a little mm-hmm. cold.
1: Yeah. I mean you can definitely the beer is super flavorful. You can taste it at the current temperature. But you can also tell that you're, you're some doors are locked. You can mm-hmm. tell that you're missing some things. It's at fifty five and a half right now. Thirteen point one for our non American friends.
0: There's a whole story on their website about it. Uh, not nothing really interesting. They're just saying, "Don't be daft because it's kind of alcohol." Is essentially what they're saying. Okay.
1: That's great radio. All that silence right there—that's good stuff. We should play some more. Silence is
0: as important as speaking.
1: (laughs) When you're making a point, when it's just dead air, not so much.
0: You know, it's best if you don't lampshade the dead (laughs) air.
1: (laughs) There was that good silence.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. Let's keep calling attention to it.
1: It's about as good as your awkward segues into the Amazon commercial. I
0: think that what we need is is the announcer guy who announce silence. <laughs>
1: yeah, so we could get him to do a couple more words.
0: Please send us uh, tweets about uh, <laughs> what, what 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 words we should put in. What should we waste our next five bucks on? <laughs> you did do. Let me do the one that you did do that that, that I do like. Um. Oops. It's on this. Oh, yeah.
1: As the beer's warming up, while Greg's looking for his audio, and as the beer is warming up, I'm getting a lot more cinnamon-type flavors. I'm really getting into this beer. It's turning into a really good sipper. I don't think that the whiskey—I mean, I've had beers where the whiskey gets overpowering. It's kind of this annoying side note. I can feel
0: in the back of my mouth. I can feel the whiskey kind of—that slight burn— yeah, I mean,
1: for me, it's not like an annoying side note. You know, it's—I it, think it's really well integrated for my palate, and uh, yeah, this is tasty.
0: This is a flavor you're not getting in the beer. Mm. Oh, I got you turned down. Sorry about that. Oh. It was perfect, and he had to be turned down for it. Doored. <laughs>
1: We're not going to turn into the yuck yuck morning show mm. with all these uh, sound effects. We should get a squeaky horn, Wonka Wonka. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we just we need at least a slide whistle, right? <laughs>
1: <Ooh>. <laughs> Listen to the pre-show if you want to hear about the rap battle that the, the Crafty Radio and the Beer Report are undergoing using rappers on Fiverr.
0: I would put rap battle in like eight quotation marks. It's better if you don't draw attention to the sarcasm. More lampshading. Maybe we shouldn't call this <laughs> anything but, like, the lampshade show. Oh, well, see, it was a callback. That's why it was funny. He's explaining all the jokes. That's well, look, like, it has to happen again, it's rule of threes. Hmm. I mean, I'm not really digging it as much. I'm not a whiskey guy. Mm-hmm. And the whiskey is very apparent on this. Uh, but I can appreciate that a whiskey fan would really like this. So I don't want to hold that against it. Right. But, yeah, it's, it's not for me. It's not the beer for me. That's good. More for me. More for you. I'll save that bottle for the post show. <laughs> Said the guy I didn't have to drive home.
1: <laughs> so I picked that one. Do you have a preference on what's
0: remaining? Uh, I kind of want to check out the, the oldie. Okay. Heavy Seas. Below Decks, which as far as I can tell, they no longer make. This is from 2008. This is a seven-year-old beer. Maybe six. Depending on how you count it. Great, because it's probably winter. It's as old as my daughter.
1: Speaking of which... I was doing an inventory of the homebrew. You know, I had all of those beers for Allison's birth and for Max's birth. Right. And I was short on these bombers of barley wine. You know, I didn't plan ahead, and I bottled all Allison's beer bombers, so I didn't have a ton of them to really hand out. So I was super stingy. But now we're uh, 14 years from her 21st birthday, and I have 16 bottles left. Right. So I can...
0: Let a few out here and there so we could try one sometime soon. I mean, do you think it's going to survive 21 years? One bottle is
1: definitely going to survive 21 years. Well, but I mean, do you think that
0: the the beer is going to be palatable 21 years from now? I don't know. Or 14 years from now? I don't know. Doesn't really matter.
1: I might have ruined all 16 bottles in the last seven years. Who knows?
0: I shouldn't have have been putting them next to the microwave.
1: That's a callback. Speaking of this, you know we have some topics we want to talk about. Someone recent, or we talked about the wax thing last week, didn't we? Yes. Okay. Never mind.
0: (laughs) Take all that back. No topics. Well, we do. Who's who's AB going to buy next? Who is AB going to buy next? Cigar City was the one that uh, was. The rumor is going right. You said there's another one?
1: Oh, yeah. There's uh, Do South Brewing, another one in the area that uh, there's a story about it. I didn't see any other like called out taking meetings with the Anheuser-Busch, but there's, there were several speculation articles. And I would love to talk to some of the owners of some of these brewers to see what. Excuse me, I'm guessing. Wait, wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. They're not going to tell you a da- damn thing.
1: Well, no, no, no. No, I don't. What I want them to tell me is, and maybe you're right, maybe they still won't get a good answer, but how do you feel about people calling you out as likely to sell out? You know, that kind of question.
0: Oh, gotta, gotta find a way to word that a mm-hmm. little bit better. Well, we got time between now and Savor right, when we can talk to these exactly. guys. Exactly. Uh,
1: so, one article suggested they're, in this one was going by, this was, the first one I linked was a better article. They looked at size, they looked at region, they looked at things like that, and, and, and growth over year to year. And they picked Victory, Devil's Backbone, Highland, and Long Trail as prime candidates for an huh. AB acquisition. And actually, I think those are pretty good. Why is, would why add, is it
0: only AB that they're considering? Why? Well, Don't they think that Miller-Cores is going to get anything well, AB has proved that AB they're
1: Miller-Cores. Miller Miller Coors is the group to t- now, right? Okay. Um, I mean, AB is on an acquisition spree. Right?
0: Sure, right? but but if they continue and there's no reason to think they won't, Miller Coors will jump oh, in sure, too. Sure,
1: I mean, it's a possibility, but everyone's talking about AB because they're, the one they're doing buying it. stuff, yeah. right? I think those are interesting candidates. They fit in. If you read the article, they fit into the mold of, of the kind of breweries they'd be interested in and the regions they'd be interested in. And I could think of... I, I, I don't really want to play this game. I'm not going to name other breweries I think fit this mold.
0: Uh, well, let me ask you this question sure. then. A slightly different take on it, though. I mean, the advantage that AB has is that... And yes, SAB, or sorry, Miller Coors would have, if they I this is that they, they know their way around the alcohol industry. They've been producing alcoholic beverages. But... Other companies do too, and maybe other food companies might want to get into the game, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. might have uh, your – does Philip Morris still make Nabisco, stuff like that? You know, you may have those companies buy – if, yeah, if the growth be... continues, I don't see why other companies wouldn't jump into the game. Sure.
1: Um, you know, the co- PepsiCo. Right. The company that owns like KFC and Pizza Hut or, you know, that kind of thing. And don't
0: they, they – they must do some – Alcoholic beverage like they do, maybe Mike's hard lemonade or something. Who knows? Yeah, I'm not who sure. does Mike's? Somebody.
1: I knew that somewhere deep in my brain. It's not coming to. I the have front a feeling
0: right that now. Pepsi does some alcoholic beverages of some sort.
1: There was another article. There was Sapporo. a lot more spec. What's that?
0: They might distribute Sapporo. I don't. Or know. does Sapporo maybe Japanese? I
1: don't know. I don't know at all.
0: Could be a you know Japanese acquisition of some some beer yeah, companies.
1: Could be. There's another article that China, picked,
0: China, why not China? Yes, Sing sure. could. Yeah, I mean that it's wide open, really. Yeah. If this really does start to, bring I mean, money if a for,
1: Spanish brewery is buying founders, right, or part of founders, then yeah, you know, why wouldn't a China brewer, China brewery buy into a craft brewery? Uh, another article the Full Pint guys wrote. This one's a lot more local to their Western, you know, uh, Southern California. They name ones like BJ's, which is brewpub chain, uh, Green Flash, Golden Road, Carl Strauss, and then they jump off of their local neighborhood and mention Sweetwater. Uh, I like the first article better in those bigger, more established breweries, uh, closer to retirement age type breweries. Um, you were, um, There was an article that just came out today that's worth talking, in St. Caligioni and Men's Health, and one of the points I thought he was what was most interesting in the article was where he didn't name names, but he was talking about goose Island IPA and you know, they keep goose Island making the interesting experimental beers at their brew pub type thing to give them the credit. And then they mass produce the IPA and they put it on the market for nearly half the price of other craft IPAs. So he takes, he takes issue with them kind of,
0: Undercutting—that's what getting—that's what a larger company acquiring you gets you. It gets you the ability to have those those inroads to produce your beer cheaper and to get it out to the market cheaper. It's not Budweiser. I don't. It's not. I mean, it's it's a bunch of factors, right? It's not just Budweiser or Anheuser Busch trying to undercut. The other IPAs, it's that they can make it cheaper because it's economy of scale situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all that comes into play, so they can get it out cheaper, and uh, you know, that's a consequence. You're going to find you find local IPAs are, are less than than your dogfishes or your bells or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Adams Rebel IPA is cheaper than Lagunitas, and I know Lagunitas has to complain about that, but same Adams has a larger distribution network, they're a larger company, they have they can get things out better, right. and it's it's not because they're trying to under, I mean, it's definitely, a, you know, I'm sure they look at it and they say, hey, we have this and we can undercut them, that's good for our sales, but at the same time, the reason they can afford to do that, is economies of scale work for them. This is the benefit to being bought out. Right. It's something to, to I mean, I, I, I understand, I don't Agree with it, but I understand the craft beer uh, listener and the craft beer supporter who says that, you know, selling out is bad. But I also look at it from the perspective of it gets more good beer out of the market and it gets more good beer out for less. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. Right.
1: You know, Sam's point of view is he's competing with this, right? Yes. And so his platform is a lot more unfair. I don't know if unfair advantage is a proper characterization of a sentiment but you know it's 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 a feel of like almost like Chinese steel dumping into U.S. market sort
0: of but the point was made on your roundtable last week that craft beer drinkers at least the ones that we're used to don't stick with one brand I mean you may have a go to I mean I think that's I
1: think I think that that's something I was thinking about when you were talking earlier is sure I'll buy a Goose Island IPA at a bar and if it's $4.50 450 for the pint. Cool. I'm not going to buy a second one. I'm going to to something else. So, it, you know, but that's just my particular drinking type and it's a lot of our particular a lot of listeners drinking types, but it's not everyone's. Yeah, so Goose Island's going to be cheap doesn't mean I'm going to drink it exclusively.
0: It may be more of a go-to because of the cheaper. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it, how often are you getting your go-to beers? I mean, it, if you're getting a six-pack every day, then it comes into play. But if you're getting a six-pack every week, then that 2 or $3 difference isn't going to really come into play right. that much. So this...
1: Sorry. Talk about the heavy seas here. Yeah. Um, the both the aroma and the flavor, it is... It's 2008 with Crown Cap. It's highly oxidized. Doesn't mean the beer's ruined. It doesn't taste like cardboard, but it does taste like, almost like a cherry beer. There's like such a sherry cherry type flavor on this thing it is like it's impressively so
0: it tastes like it's almost an old ale it's not quite doesn't it have the complexity of an old ale it doesn't have the have mm-hmm. the really deep you know the the deeper kind of um the deeper more molassesy and, and sugary floralness mm-hmm. but it does have the sort of sherry notes like you said those oxidized notes but yeah it doesn't yeah it doesn't go in the cardboard but it is it's It's iffy yeah
1: it's it's not bad but it's not rich and complex yeah
0: it's 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 very one note and that one note is sherry
1: yeah heavily oxidized
0: so because there isn't much to talk about here didn't want to bring up that uh you put out on our list they're coming speaking about the pumpkin peach ales uh, actually, you put "ug" there. Here, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep. Um, I saw a tweet where a brewery,
0: Mew Brewery,
1: was launching their Aurora, beer this Colorado. weekend. Colorado. Oh, today! Look at that. Two nineteen fifteen. We're mm. tapping our pumpkin peach ale. Four dollars for four for a dollar.
0: They made a pumpkin peach ale that quickly. Yeah, it's tapped today. Dollar a pint. Can't be that good. I mean that's, I mean, oh. if you're tapping it for a dollar a pint. You don't expect, you know, you're not like oh, yeah. they they threw pumpkins and peaches into a into an amber or something, right? I mean, they probably put canned pumpkin and canned peaches into an amber. They might if, have
1: put it in a beer that was already under, yeah. under under in progress, right? Just kind of dosed it in the fermenter or something.
0: That sounds. Like I mean, a, I
1: don't want to say that's what they did, and I hate to speculate, but yeah, yep, the pumpkin peach beer is here, starting starting today. Mew Brewery. Uh, and you linked in the, the Northern Brewery. Yeah, Northern Brewer has a homebrew kit if you want to make your own. Peach de resistance.
0: <laughs> Same of the beer, man. At, at least it doesn't look like it's, you know, a, a pumpkin spice bomb, pump, which is really what I was mostly worried about. Mm. That they're just going kind to of make pumpkin beers like they do. You know, now they make pumpkin beers six months earlier than October, and they just Turn them into spice bombs, and I'm just going to throw peach in them and say, ha ha ha. And we're not going to taste the peach or the pumpkin. <laughs> and we're just going to taste nutmeg and cinnamon and maybe ginger, depending on the recipe.
1: So we actually have the wax thing on here. Maybe we didn't talk about it last show.
0: Wax on or wax off? So
1: Draft Magazine had an article about uh, wax on bottles. We talked about it in the round table briefly, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe in the post-show for the round table briefly. Uh, and there's apparently there's not good research out there whether wax helps with preserving beer or not. Um,
0: I, I remember us talking about this. Wondering because, about it. W- wondering whether... It no, helps- I remember us being here talking about it because I do remember talking about the, the permeability of wax and the fact that when you're getting down to that kind of... You're getting down to... Uh, <laughs> you're getting down to surface uh mechanics of you know uh, you know solid state mechanics really um
1: yeah i i don't know i mean my my general gut feel is is it a perfect seal probably not does it improve some percentage over the cap alone there's a fair possibility that it does
0: it's more material in the way it's more it's more material in the way but the question is it, is oxygen small enough is o2 small enough to be easily permeable through something that we looks to us like it's solid but to oxygen it's it's sure. it's, it's it's like tissue paper
1: right it could be but even so that's a that's a one one thousandth percentage in the way it might be a one one thousandth of a percent better insulated what
0: is the brewery around here that um, that put when they make the six pack they put one with a wax seal on top. You
1: mean a beer six pack?
0: Yeah, a beer six pack. All right, I mean local, oh, the, like bottles? Yeah. It's a local brewery. We had one we met them on the on the beer cruise thing. Uh yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, anyway. There is a brewery around here that puts one one bottle of every six pack and they put a wax seal on. it 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 does give an air of like specialness to a beer but that's all it does but but I we've have, we've talked about and we have you know we've constantly ha- sort of harped on perception plays such a big role in how you taste a beer putting that wax on there if it does nothing else it adds to somebody's perception of the quality I think the of a main
1: beer. thing it does is it adds to the price point someone's willing to pay for it
0: but but also you know how whales are. It also adds to their enjoyability. We, mm-hmm. yeah. There's studies that show that the more you pay for something, the more you're yeah. going to enjoy right. it, most likely. I looked to see
1: if I had any of Allison's barley wine that I didn't wax left over. That would have been a perfect experiment, right? Do a double blind on a beer that's been cellared and waxed versus cellared and not waxed for seven years.
0: It would have been a great one-off experiment, oh, sure. but it, it, did yeah, not. it wouldn't
1: have been something that would have got the Nobel Prize in beer <laughs> waxology. But it would have been a good. Who won
0: that last year? <laughs> it could win an Ig Nobel. So it could, you know. I mean that that is the kind of research that that could win the Ig Nobel. Mm-hmm.
1: It's the kind of research that makes you laugh, then makes you think. Yeah, so the the below decks that we're drinking now, it's not bad.
0: It's no, it's it's, it's eminently drinkable. It's just nothing, one note. Yeah, nothing to really say very, about it beyond yeah, know, what we said. You know, and that you can't get it anymore doesn't shouldn't really hurt your opinion of you know. Oh, they're drinking something I can't get. Well, it, you, you're not missing it much. It's an oxidized beer, but it's not a mess.
1: It's the kind of sound that oxidizes gracefully. But uh, it's been a long time since I've had beer that oxidized.
0: So, should we just do a quick one? Sure. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon.
1: When you're shopping on Amazon, don't go to Amazon. Think of us. Go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon.
0: Alright, next up.
1: Let's do this guy. Speaking of sold out breweries... They got a, a beer here from Blue Point, which Anheuser-Busch owns a part of.
0: Did they send this to us?
1: No. Uh, no, I'm trying to figure out where I got this. Probably Giant Eagle. The Urban
0: Chestnut was sent to us. And I don't know if we mentioned that. Yes. Uh, this is Old Howling Bastard. It's a January beer. That's when it's available. It's 10% alcohol by volume, 70 IBUs.
1: The label says 60.
0: I would trust the label over the website. But you never know. But They don't have that sticker <laughs> on there. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I was looking to
1: see if there was a vintage on this bottle. I guess it's last year's probably.
0: Made with English two-row barley and Vienna malt.
1: Hmm.
0: Okay. Our infamous comma, barley wine style strong ale. Not a fan of the Oxford comma, these guys. <laughs> the nice thing about all this talk about beer stuff is it has warmed up the beer a little bit.
1: Yeah, this beer is a... Look, it's a, copper. Yeah, it's a nice copper color. It's a, one of those lighter barley wines, you know, color-wise.
0: I kind of dig that. I kind of dig the the lighter ones. Even though the darker ones can be very, very good, sometimes the lighter ones have a... A different kind of sweet quality yeah. to them that yeah. isn't so molassesy. It's more, um, I don't know. It's it, it's more lollipop. It's more sweet. Right. And, and
1: check the aroma on this one because uh, your lollipop. It's kind of like an orange mm. lolly. Yeah. Um, a little, not put some malt, barley sweetness in there. I mentioned orange, you might be thinking it's a super hoppy West Coast. It's not, the hop aroma is in there, but it it definitely seems like there's plenty of malt backbone to back it up.
0: So, yeah, Blue Point, when were they purchased? A couple years ago.
1: Fair amount of hops in the flavor on this one still. Nice orange flavor. Uh,
0: I don't think so. Unless their label's wrong, what? We're proud to be independently owned and operated with no corporate ties. In bold. Uh, unless
1: I'm stupid and confused, they are.
0: <laughs> Why would they put that on their bottle if it were if it were a lie?
1: Maybe it's older than than I expected. They were purchased in, what's the date on this article? (laughs) February 2014. So if this was a January 2014 beer, it was right before the purchase. Wow. (laughs) I should have not opened it. I might be because sold it for like thousands of dollars. So this is
0: a year old. So that's probably why there's a difference. And... We're proud to be independently owned and operated with and they bold here no corporate ties so (laughs) that is a collectible right that is very very interesting to have on the label I
1: i mean it's it's that whole point i tried to make in the round table right where don't get hung up on the hypocrisy of marketing yes you know you're just going to dig yourself a hole you're going to feel like you're winning a battle but no none of the mbas that do the ads care
0: it also has a, a thing here. Extremely fresh craft brewed. Hmm. I'm trying to remember
1: when I got this. I know I didn't get it last month. So it has to have been something I got over the last year. The
0: label says copyright. I mean, this is just a label. It says copyright 2009, Blue Point.
1: Yeah. It, this beer is not several years old. And when you taste it, you can tell that the hops are still assertive enough that it's not. Aged, it almost tastes like it doesn't have 12 months on it, but I think it does probably has 13 months on it.
0: Hmm, it's a little weird.
1: I don't think, I mean, for me, what I'm tasting is something that tastes like a fresh west coast barley wine. There's a fair amount of that's what it is. It's the
0: hops, the hops are just yeah. Yeah, really look at, you got you got
1: to look at the right way. Yeah. You just came off the super oxidized thing that yeah. is all sherry. Look at it the right way. Look for the orangey hops. Look for you know, it, it it seems like it's not that different from a Bigfoot. Uh I'm trying to think, you know, it's been a while since I've had a year old Bigfoot. But, you know, this is probably pretty close to what that's like. Um the hops are quite pleasant. The malt does come through a little bit towards the back end, but really that kind of the orangey and the the bitterness that sticks on your tongue is like the main notes on this beer.
0: Trying to find where on their website they talk about, if they do, if they do talk about that they're owned by Enhancer Bush. They probably don't come on
1: <laughs> bourbon's winter Cascade didn't even say it was owned by anheuser-bush true
0: but they have like a timeline on there <laughs> you think that that trying
1: that... to win an argument by pointing out the hypocrisy of advertising is never going to be a winning strategy
0: no probably not but still it, it's it's interesting to me regardless mm-hmm.
1: Remember that whole marketing speak thing that we have? Mm. Thank you everyone who did use the craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon link. We had a good month last month. Really appreciate your support.
0: Give it up, Greg. Talk about the beer. I was just going to say, silence. There's a third one Uh, for the rule of threes.
1: I'm enjoying this. I mean, I generally am not a person... Like, Greg doesn't like whiskey barley wines. Mm -hmm. I don't generally care for West Coast barley wines. But I think this one's hitting a sweet spot for me. I'm enjoying the hoppiness on this thing. A lot more than I can think of any other hoppy barley wine.
0: I'm kind of indifferent on it. Uh, I'm not... I'm not digging the hell out of it or anything. But at the same time, I'm not... Like, ew, this is gross. It, it feels like it's it's very drinkable. It feels like something that I could you know easily get down. Mm-hmm. But as an analysis, if I feel like those things are are, are hitting each other in the head, the mm-hmm. sweetness and the hoppiness in a barley wine, I don't I don't want hoppiness. I really don't. I, I want that sweetness. That's to come through.
1: generally my feel. You know, that's why this one was noteworthy because I'm enjoying it as it is. I had some uh, Flying Dog Horn Dog on Friday, fresh draft. I just had the tweet. Sometimes you forget how awesome Horn Dog is. What's Horn Dog? <laughs> Flying Dog's English style barley wine. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Uh, so my tweet. Was sometimes you forget just how good Horn Dog is, and then you have one. Uh, that beer, it's just it's it's stunning. It's I love an English style barley wine, and it is just about perfect.
0: Interesting. They have a quick pair on their website for Old Henley Bastard. Now, lots of places have. Lots of of, uh, beer sites. And if you go to our uh, notes, basically go to our page and go to the RSS feed and you can look at our notes and we have each of our beers links to each of the Mm -hmm. um, websites where our beers are at. Uh, Some of them you'll see notes for like tasting notes, uh, tasting notes and pairings. Mm -hmm. Uh, The pairing they recommend here is a sharp cheddar cheese semicolon as a digestive. (laughs) That's, uh, <laughs> uh. I can see how a sharp cheddar cheese would actually dial down the hoppiness because mm-hmm. the yeah. fat would would really you know keep a lot of those uh, hoppy oils at bay, and you'd get a lot more sweetness out out of it. So I could definitely see a sharp cheddar cheese working here. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I don't think it's going to help you much digestive wise.
1: I, I, I don't think of cheese or beer. Anytime uh, you're
0: introducing <laughs> lactose to the equation, it's not generally a digestive help.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or a 10% alcohol beer.
0: This, too. Or you could do the Jim the, um, Cook, or as uh, Grucho would say, Sam Cook. Ah, <laughs> uh, I brought it up. The, uh, the take a lot of yeast, right? Yep.
1: All right, final beer of the night is from our buddy Tony McGee at Loganitas, and this is the Harry Eyeball. This should be this year's release.
0: Is he gonna yell at us? No. You sure? No.
1: <laughs> he yells at a lot of people. He's not gonna yell at us. He's like, okay. I barely said it
0: with any sarcasm. <laughs> Harry Eyeball. Is nine point four percent alcohol by volume available October through December? Fifty six point six six IBUs. Getting very specific on us.
1: Now check this out, Greg. You'll love the science geek. Uh, they call this the perihelio release, and underneath that it says ninety one million four hundred thousand miles.
0: Right, because, when, because at winter you're you're at perihelion. Oh, as opposed to nappihelium, which which happens is that uh,
1: every yeah. Yeah, I guess it was, I guess it would happen every year. Is
0: the perihelium
1: during... It's not during the solstice, though. it would be a huge coincidence. It's, a, it's
0: around the solstice. Okay. But yeah, we're closest to the sun around the winter solstice. Oh, okay. And we're at apihelium around summer. Huh. In the northern hemisphere.
1: Right. I never realized they had that whole celestial thing in there. That's kind of... <laughs>
0: There's a lot of text here and a number to call
1: let's give Tony a call right
0: now. I kind of wouldn't read this text, okay
1: well, I will let you.
0: <clears throat> Excuse
1: me, do you want to sound bad?
0: No no no, I don't think I anyone I shouldn't even prepare myself. as we wait for this to warm by the way, the color is a is a rubyish dark ruby. Closing in on cola. Yeah. T T
1: Ruby Cola somewhere in there.
0: <laughs> the text on the lagunita's hairy eyeball Ale. Laying there, staring at the ceiling, head pounding, last night was a dim recollection. How did he get home? Was he alone? Looking to left and right, the answer was yes, maybe. His head was full of ragwater, bitters, and blue ruin. His teeth felt like he'd been chewing aluminum, and his breath smelled like a burning tractor tire. There was a wrenching knot somewhere between his liver and East St. Louis, and he couldn't be sure whether or not he'd wet himself. A yellow sine wave rang in his ears so loud it made his teeth itch, and, I was sure, and he was sure that if he touched his skin anywhere, it would induce a rhythmic, wretching jag. Even in the face of all that he found himself smiling at the realization that today represented the fresh beast of a new year, an undiscovered country, and also that there was still one warm, half full, flat, redolent hairy eyeball on the nightstand. Yes, there is a god. Call us sometime one seven oh seven seven six nine four four nine five Cheers. Rather silly story here, I like that they use a Shakespeare quote undiscovered country.
1: That was poetry right there, my friend. (laughs) However...
0: I I like the synesthesia actually in there. He heard a sine wave, a yellow sine wave. So he saw the color of a sound. That's synesthesia. It could be. I was thinking
1: that, you know, there's pink noise, white noise. I was figuring yellow was... uh, variant of that but maybe not i don't know i don't, I
0: haven't heard that one
1: it could be synesthesia I, I do like how they mention rag water and that's where i know what a hairy eyeball is right a hairy eyeballs a drink where they wring out the bartender's towel into no a shot glass right <laughs> yum
0: his teeth felt like he was <laughs> chewing on aluminum don't try that by the way it really is awful yes there's
1: some kind of infection in the spear.
0: Well, they put rag water in it. What do you expect? Well, yeah.
1: It's it's, uh, it's a little acetone but it's more... There's a little bit of sulfury drain going on on it. It's... It, it can't be exact uh, the, the, and also the the foam on it seems to be you know a little telltale to of an infection
0: explain what you mean i don't know if i can
1: put really words to it but just from experience right you know the, the kind of heads you see on these infected beers they all have some certain characteristics this isn't
0: a gusher so it doesn't have yeah, that kind of but i
1: mean it. look at the big bubbles that are inside the bottle there that's kind of characteristic to it i've
0: noticed that of lots of beers that aren't so i don't know well, what no, you no. mean I'm not, I'm not seeing something here i mean I am smelling what you're smelling. I am smelling a little bit of sewer drain, but I'm not noticing anything in the in the head that's characteristic of an infection. So I would like to for you to just, explain what you mean.
1: It, it's not big. Uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 more of a gut feel from experience. I don't know if I can put words to it. Uh, lots of. Super fine bubbles. It just, it's kind of the sum of the parts that kind of are in indicative of... So you're uh, seeing
0: some pattern here that you recognize yeah, as being indicative yeah. of an infection that yeah. I have not seen. Right. I mean, that, that's me certainly... To... Yeah, that, that kind of thing can be hard to explain to somebody. It can be hard to point out all the, the qualities. On the other hand, it could be entirely psychological. So... Could be. We have the double blind you on this one. Let's get this uh, flavor file stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: I gotta find the rest. I mean, I got the pills. I lost. I gotta find all the uh, little tip sheets there. On the flavor, the flavor's not completely spoiled. It's a little
0: plasticky, maybe. A little band-aid.
1: plasticky. There's a little banana peel.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's a little ethyl acetate
0: coming off of it. Yeah, which makes it a little hot at the end, right? There's a little bit of a, um, a slight hotness and or tanginess. It's kind of it, mm-hmm. it's hard to to describe yeah. in between, but yeah, I get the banana peel. I get what you're saying.
1: If you weren't paying attention, you could drink this and not notice.
0: And then Harry McGee's still our friend. <laughs> What's that?
1: <laughs> I'm just saying, like it's not completely spoiled. Like I'm not looking to drain for this. Yes. Um, if you're not paying too close of attention, you can uh, you can stomach this, and you might not notice. The, this is uh,
0: you know you, you make this flat. This is probably very much what like the character in the story tasted.
1: <laughs> so since there's not much to say about the beer, let's take a minute here. and Let's see if there's any other news that we want to talk about. Um, Red Bull has sued a brewery in Virginia called Old Ox. Because of you know protecting your trademark type thing And they felt that a brewery with Ox in the name Was too similar to an energy drink with Bull in the name And they wanted these guys to sign They wanted these guys to settle And sign an agreement that none of their marketing would ever Have blue, silver, and red in it and other things like that.
0: That's a little absurd. <laughs>
1: Did they win? Uh, I think it's still up in the air. I I mean, when I put this on the list last week, it was still up in the air. I haven't checked it since.
0: Why should nobody read Thrillist ever?
1: Because it's uh it's incendiary link bait or clickbait is all it is.
0: Well, let's be clear. Ah article. A single article was incendiary. Clickbait.
1: Every article I've ever I read off Thrillist list so is. I've not seen Thrillist, Thrillist, Thrillist is kind of the way it seems to be organized. It almost certainly is the you get paid per page view.
0: Oh, this article! Oh, oh my God, this article is terrible.
1: But it's, I've seen other things on Thrillist, and they're all the same bullshit. It's just incendiary shit to get people Well, yeah, people it's, riled it's just somebody
0: somebody who has 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 a beef about something. A and he, and turns it into. Uh, I mean, it it wasn't poorly written. It was just right. It wasn't like you know Sarah Palin word. Segment. Well, no,
1: no. My it, my comment was you know the story was tar- titled "Death to Craft Beer," and the guy is trying to suppose suppose that uh, Goza is a style that nobody really likes. And only exists because we've invented everything there is to invent. Right. And that craft beer is dead.
0: I mean, well goza is one of my I mean, in the it's, past year, Goza a goza a goza is what is at least in my top ten, if not in my top five. Delicious. Yeah.
1: It's a, I mean he you know, for him it tastes like sweaty, sweaty beer, right? Because there's salt in it. I, but you know, a lot of lot of out, a lot of Twitter outrage on that article, and and I agree with uh, Joel from Do South Brewing Company. Just don't read through a list. Yeah, there's, that, there's no point.
0: That that is a really incendiary. Thing. Oh, and 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 of course, and of course, it's one of those things that they pull out the quotes and they make them large. Like mm-hmm. it was a glorious revolution, and now it's over because people are making. Goses now? In addition to all the incredible amount of styles they're making, yeah. they're also making goses. That's like me saying, I don't like whiskey. And you made a beer with whiskey in it, you've run out of ideas.
1: Right. <laughs> Game over.
0: Yeah. Screw this craft beer stuff. I'm going to get into, go back to Budweiser. Yeah, that's what the guy's essentially saying.
1: New Belgium brewery which is always a socially responsible brewery, is suing a brewery in Texas over the Slow Ride beer uh, trademark that they just uh, put out. This other brewery has a beer that's been in production longer called Slow Ride. Take it, it, it easy. It's an interesting story because the I only read one story about it, but it sounds like New Belgium has done this to establish borders, to establish in which states New Belgium can use Slow Ride, and which states this other brewery can use Slow Ride. Not necessarily trying to, not necessarily trying to stop the other brewery from using it outright. They just want some, they want some boundaries about around Slow the Ride. Breathing room, right? So I mean, it doesn't.
0: Earth, Hitler, nineteen thirty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Greg's taking it a different angle. No, I'm just doing a Star Trek quote. Go ahead. uh,
1: It's a different angle of trademark litigation that a lot of people don't consider. And I think it's interesting to mention because of that without drawing any conclusions on who is right. And I'm not even sure if I think New Belgium is right. I just think it's an interesting angle that people should look at.
0: And, I will add, that you haven't experienced Shakespeare unless you've read it in the original Klingon. <laughs> From the same Star Trek movie. Okay, nerd. <laughs> Let's do some ranking. Let's do it.
1: The more I drink this hairy eyeball, like I said, I'm not paying attention to it. I'm not noticing the uh, the spoilage. It, it's it's So it's slightly spoiled. It's not a drain pour like I mentioned sure. earlier.
0: Sure. And then you, you didn't say it was a drain pour. You said it was... It might have been teetering on that edge, but it didn't. It didn't fall over. That. Yeah. This is a harder show because I don't think there's anything in here that that came out like awesome.
1: I mean, for me, there's an easy winner, right? The whiskey one. For well, yeah. You, okay. it, for you, it's quite different. Sure. Um, yeah, there was a lot of things that were. You know, we had four beers that were, you know, a, you know just middle of the road to middle good. Mm-hmm. couple with the, you know, that we got the Heavy Seas, which was heavily oxidized. Yes. Not their fault. I've kept it around for seven years. But it was still interesting for what it was. All right, I'm going to start from the top. It's going to be too hard for me to work from the bottom. Uh, no surprise, the Daft is my favorite beer of the night. That's the barrel-aged rye whiskey barrel beer from Urban Chestnut. Um, it was a very expressive beer. Lots of things to, to explore when you're tasting it. Quite yummy. Number four, I'm going to put the Old Helling Bastard from Blue Point Brewing. I liked that beer for a couple of things. I liked up front, the first couple of sips I Tasted that kind of lighter golden barley wine type flavors. You get some of the maltiness. And then it turned into this orange hoppy barley wine. And like I said earlier, it's not a style I gravitate to. And because I was enjoying this beer, I got to be like, huh. There's a hoppy barley wine that kind of hits me that I like. So definitely number two. Number three probably going to put the Nutcracker. The ones I had back in December, the one I had back in December was a lot better. Um, This one was, uh, I guess that's four days out of date, out (laughs) of code. Um, Their coding is probably pretty accurate at that point. You know, the beer is not off, but it's definitely lost Mm -hmm. some of the edge it had when it was fresh. Uh, So
0: really, I mean, it's probably more of a month off date. And well, I mean, it's
1: yeah, it's a different beer from when Dave brought it up from from uh, Kansas City. It's just a different beer. Uh, it depends, you know, some people might like it better without so much hop character. Uh, you know, it's really up to you. I'm not saying it's bad because it lost hop character. And number four, it's tough. You know, the... I would put the Heavy Season fourth because while it was heavily oxidized in one note, it didn't have any of those... Uh, bad aromas and banana flavor that were seemed like production flaws but then you know on the upside for the Lagunitas you know as I drank it and stopped paying so close attention to it it was passable it it didn't wasn't
0: the heavy seas the same way? yeah
1: I think the heavy seas was kind of the same way they're really close on. Yeah, it's hard to pick an edge on those ones
0: so I'm gonna go above the top uh heavy Seas uh, is the last for me um I just think it was too oxidized i mean it, it was certainly drinkable but uh you know you, you pick one out of six and I'm not sure you'd get the same drinkability out of that with the same oxidation we just we we happened upon I think a lucky oxidation that made it drinkable uh we could have very easily happened upon an unlucky oxidation and it's probably much more likely that you would. In this case, so eh, you know, uh, would recommend it, but you know, you're not gonna find it, so no worries. Number four, Capitolagenitas. Um, to say, I, 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 I wish I could try this unspoiled because I didn't taste much there because of the spoilage. And the spoilers didn't ruin the beer, but it did make it so I couldn't really analyze it so much. And so it just became, okay, drink this. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Nothing I can really look look, look at and point out. But that's kind of the case for all these beers. None of these beers were real introspective, delve into them and find all the different stuff that was going on. We tried. We gave it our damnness on some of them. And some of them we kind of, you know, sort of <laughs> said, "All right, we'll we'll just talk about other stuff." That happens. Some shows. This is one of those shows where the beers didn't take a front note. Front, uh, you know, they they weren't up front because they just simply didn't have the the kind of oomph that some other beers have. Number three, Blue Point. Um, I just... I, I wasn't really a fan of the hoppiness. I know Jeff says he he, he liked the... He appreciated the, the hoppiness that was going on here because he liked this version of it. This isn't a version I like. Uh, similar with the Urban Chestnut. Number, it's still, still number two for me because um, it, was, it was very well constructed. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I totally think a whiskey drinker would love the hell out of this beer. And Jeff pouring the rest of it clearly does. I don't blame him. I think it's an excellently uh, produced, very well-constructed beer that I don't like the flavors on. So is my number two. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that just leaves Boulevard as number one with the Nutcracker. Um, it, it, it kind of uh, won by default. Right, right, right. Everyone else forfeited. Yeah. It, it 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 fell into the position of, of, of winning. Whereas, you know, if there would have been a beer that was more um exciting to me, uh it, it, it would have not got first, but here it is. Number one. Uh so I don't know what you say here, but I just say <laughs> Whoa When I watched after oh. B one Contact, there was this square one television
1: thank you everyone for listening to craft beer radio craft beer radio is released under the creative commons license you visit craftbeerradio.com for more information if you would like to contact us you can hit us up on twitter that's the best way really i am at jeff bear at cbr greg we have a combined account at craft beer radio if you want to email us you can do that too it's beer at craftbeerradio.com Thanks everyone, we really appreciate it.